Hey, you awesome folks. Thanks for taking this journey of discovery with your guide, Keith Haney. You're listening to the Becoming Bridge Builders podcast, your favorite podcast for everything from racial reconciliation to education innovation, justice reform, and leading change in the 21st century. This podcast is for people who love to be challenged with difficult topics, but want practical solutions to solve these challenging issues. Becoming Bridge Builders makes change possible. Each week on the podcast, Keith invites innovative thought leaders to share how they are building bridges in their area of expertise. You will hear breakthrough ideas and concepts that are changing the world. He's featuring guests who are best-selling authors, leaders at Microsoft, entrepreneurs, leading educators, professors, lawyers, and so many more. Listen in to learn how you can be the bridge to the change you are seeking. My guest today is Grandpa Jeffrey. He has four kids and six grandchildren and looks at how kids are growing up as baby boomers trying to understand how the world has evolved ever since he was three years old. As the author of an acclaimed business book, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart, and a contributor to the Huffington Post for over 100 articles on how to help nonprofit world and also how to grow small businesses, Graham's commentary is quite timely in a challenging world we live in today. We're so thankful to have him on the show. Well, it's so good to have Gramps Jeffrey on the show. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, appreciate you inviting me. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm glad to have you on. I love talking to grandparents, being a grandparent myself. Um, it's always fun to share stories about how we can be a blessing to our families and, and especially the kids growing up today. So good to have you on. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's the message of my book. So I'm, I'm glad you invited me. Great. So I'm going to give you an easy question to kind of warm you up. So what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received is I grew up in the corporate world. I was in the major companies all my life. And then one of my mentors said to me, he said, you know, you're an entrepreneur. This is, you're, you're okay in corporate life, but you should go out and do your own thing. So I just needed that little push. And so I left the corporate world, and I went to become an entrepreneur. I started uh, two companies, uh, one I sold to investors, another one I took public. So it really helped change. It pushed me to change my life. So that was probably the best thing that's happened to me in a long time. Well, that's really cool. What business did you start? I started off, first of all, uh, with a, starting a chain of hair salons. And you're saying, why, why, why hair salons? And, and it's because when I was in the department store business, I was running the uh, downtown Miami's Verdines, which is now Macy's department store. And one of the most profitable departments was the uh, hair salons because people came in every week or every couple weeks, you know, and that didn't involve having to buy merchandise. Whereas if you're you know, buying a blouse or pants, it's once a quarter. So I figured that's a way to really drive people in. So I started a chain of hair salons here in Arizona, built it up to 11 salons, and then I sold it. And then uh, at the same time, I got involved uh, in the infancy of the Internet business. Uh, I created uh, the premier business-to-business -business site on the Internet where you sell in case quantity to small businesses all around the world. Uh, our customer base were the moms and the pops who were surviving and thriving as the chains. So that business uh, started in my house, and we uh, finally took that one public. And out of that business, I wrote a book called The Secrets of Retailing, How to Be Walmart. I don't know if you can see it right here. But uh, this is the book that came out of the Internet business. Oh, and cool. Basically, it's a step-by-step it's a -step guide 
on how to start and run a business. It's 15 different chapters. There's a chapter on who to hire, how to hire them, how to find locations. Another chapter, another chapter is on finding products, dealing with vendors. Another chapter is uh, on how to market yourself both on the internet and also, uh, you know, in traditional ways. And the last chapter is how to exit your business. So that book came out of, uh, out of uh, my life in corporate America. Well, that's really fascinating. So we're going to talk today a little bit about being a grandparent. And since we both have grandkids, kind of tell us how you see the role of grandparents today, especially with all that's happening in our world, and especially to our kids going forward. What role do grandparents play today? Well, you know, grandparents today are the mentors. You know, we have to step in. You know, th- take a look at how life was when uh, we were younger versus what it was. And, and that's really one of the reasons I wrote my book. And my book is uh, that uh, I don't want to turn three. And it's about uh, Jordan, who is celebrating his third birthday between what his responsibilities are before his birthday and the responsibilities after his birthday. And, you know, if you take a look at uh, this generation coming up from one to 10 years old, they are going to become the greatest generation that this country has ever seen. And there's going to be several reasons for it. I don't know if you've been hanging around little kids much, but they are much smarter than when I was three years old. I mean, they're they're influenced, obviously, by the Internet and their cell phones and the information flowing to them that we, we never had. You know, we never had that. So it's the role of grandparents today to step in and complement what they're learning through all this Internet and electronically. It is the role of grandparents today to to make sure that they are involved in the learning process and teaching kids. You, you said something that's very interesting to me. I think our kids do have more information now than we had when we were growing up. I think that's also a challenge for this generation. So how do you process so much information? You have so much at your fingertips with the Internet, with social media, as, as a grandparent and as an entrepreneur, what, what advice do you have to guide children that are processing so much so quickly sometimes? Well, you know, as a baby boomer trying to understand how the world has evolved since I was three years old, you know, is also part of my story here at this book. You know, my parents didn't have cell phones. You know, they didn't have the Internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. Uh, I was my dad's remote. He'd say, son, go change the channel. And, you know, I, yeah, would do I that. remember that. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it is today's world made it a better place for children to grow up? Well, you know, I'll let your listeners kind of figure that out and weigh in on that. But, but, you know, how we treat our kids today is so much different. So, you know, the, the, the theme of the book really is, at what age do you start to take responsibility for your actions? You know, is it three years old? Is it 13 years old? Is it 23 years old? You know, again, I, you know, I all have all these people and they're 63 years old. I can tell you still haven't taken responsibility for their actions. You know, and, and so that's what it's all about. You know, when, when do children start to learn the difference between me and us? And that really is the theme. And that's what grandparents have to do. They have to step in and help them through this journey. I think as you talk about that, one thing is also critical in our conversation is 
how do you help kids learn to think for themselves versus um, tell them what to think? Because that's important too, because with all that's coming at them and decisions they have to make, how do you teach kids to think for themselves? You're right. It is necessary to teach children how to think, not not what to think. You know, And the smartest thing to do, I think, is we've got to get kids involved in books early. You know, it has to be part of their routine. You know, they have to take their bath, then they have to read their books. You know, and, and obviously I want them to read my book, but there, there's a hundred other great books out there uh, that, 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 that we should be putting into part of the kids' routine. Now, why, why do you want to make sure they read books? Obviously, to, to help offset everything they're learning on the Internet. But, you know, the benefits of reading books, one of the benefits is bonding. You know, if you if you can, if your grandparent, your parent, and you you have a routine where you're reading a book every night, it gives you a chance to bond with your child. You know, there's 15, 20 minutes there where it's just you and them. They're sitting on your lap. They're doing the reading. You know, the bonding is so important in today's fast and furious world. You know, another reason that we have to read books to these kids and make sure that they learn how to read books um, is, you know, it supports all these listening skills. You, you and I both know that one of the best things and probably the most important skill we have is listening because the more we listen, the better we can communicate and the more we can learn. So just sitting down and with your child on your lap, it just supports all this listening skills, which is important, you know, as, as they're starting to grow. You know, another reason we need to read books to our kids is all the cognitive and language development. You know, they may not get that on the Internet. So you come across words that are in the book that they don't understand. You can sit there. You can explain it to them. You can kind of help them use their mind uh, for all that. And then, you know, another reason, obviously, is attention span. These little kids, they like to bounce off the walls all day long. Well, you got them in your lap. You have a chance for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, you get they're teaching them attention span. So that's what we have to do as parents and grandparents is get these kids into a routine of reading because it starts the beginning of so much better things in life to happen to them. So we talked a little bit about your book and why you wrote it, but kind of dig a little deeper. So why did you write I Don't Want to Turn Three? What was your hope in writing this book? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now a word from one of our sponsors for Freedom Mobile. If you're using AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, then you're being tracked. Mobile providers collect your location, communications, internet, internet activity, even your financial transaction. They sell that data to anyone willing to pay for it and provide it to the government without a warrant. Switch to For Freedom Mobile, and you won't ever have to worry about Big Tech or Big Brother tracking you through your mobile phone again. For Freedom Mobile provides secure, unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data for just $29.99 a month, and it includes free internet roaming in over 200 countries. Sign up for the service by visiting vorfreemobile.com and using the promo code BRIDGEBUILDERS to get your first month for only $9.99. See forfreedommobile.com for details, just like the number four, freedommobile.com. Well, you know, living this past year because of the pandemic caused by COVID-19 and isolation, except for being able to be with, with my family, obviously gave me special time to watch and interact with all these grandkids. You know, and I got to tell you, it was quite a trip. All six of these kids 
have different personalities. But the one thing that they do have in common is curiosity and how excited they get when they accomplish them. So watching them grow year to year is really basis for this story. Uh, it's a true story. It, it actually uh, it happened. You know, um, the book, uh, I don't know if you see it, it's right here. It's uh, I Don't Want to Turn Three. You know, this book was, uh, all the pictures in the book are based on pictures that I actually took of the kids. Like that first picture on the, on the cover is of the two of them in the bathtub. And then I sent it off to the illustrator, and she made it look more cartoonish. Um, but this is all based on on real life. You know, the, the we were watching how the kids are interacting with each other, how they fought over their toys, you know, and, and then how the oldest, who is Olivia, you know, came up with the idea that they should get all of their kids, all their toys uh, to the homeless kids downtown. And all that really did happen. So it's a, it's a story. It's a true story. But I'm telling you, it's a story that is happening in every single family in this world about how kids get along and how they learn to uh, to do, do what they do to to interact. That's really neat. So, what's what's been the response from your book so far? Have you got any good reports or any reviews or people that loved it? When what they love about it? Yeah, I mean the, the reviews seem to be really really. Uh, exciting for me. Probably the best review is, uh, it just happened a couple of weeks ago. And I had four of the kids over and uh, uh, Olivia, who just turned nine, she grabbed the book and uh, she took the three other little cousins. And for some reason, they went underneath my desk. They didn't know I was around the corner. And I was watching, I was kind of listening to what they were doing. And she was reading the book to the kids. And they were all saying, you know, and, uh, you know, Levi says, hey, that's me in the bathtub. It, and, and Jackson says, hey, that's me with my dinosaurs. You know, and, and, and to me, that's the best review I've ever gotten. You know, if they really got into it and they understand what was going on, you know, who needs an, another review? That's true. So what's your next project? Well, my next project is uh, a series of books. This one's I Don't Want to Turn Three. The next one is going to be I Don't Want to Turn Four. Uh, Olivia came up with an idea last week. She says, she just turned nine. She says, you know, Gramps, let's write a book. I don't want to turn 10. I said, well, why don't you want to turn 10? She says, well, you know, I'm going to have to learn how to drive pretty soon. I said, that's, that's seven years away. Why, why are you even thinking about it now? She says, you know, and I got to worry about, you know, where I'm going to go to college and what college I'm going to pick out. I said, that's nine years away. Why are you worrying about that? So when you think about it at every age, we have stuff to worry about. We have things that are bothering us. You know, maybe the next book is I don't want to turn 40 or I don't want to turn 50 or I don't want to turn 60. You know, because in all those times in our life, we have things that say to us, oh, is the past better than the future? Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. That's cool. So as, I, as you said that, something stuck in my mind. How do we help prepare our kids for that, for those different major life hurdles, those different major life events, is there something as a parent, a grandparent, that you would say, "Here are some key things to help your child prepare for that next major step in their life"? Well, the first thing is we have to be involved. Okay, you know, when I when I when I was growing up, I lived in a small town in Ohio. My uncle lived up the street. My grandmother lived two blocks away, and we were a pretty tight knit family. 
You know, but in today's world, we're so scattered. Using me as an example, I've got two grandkids here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I've got two in Austin, Texas. I've got two in Orlando, Florida. You know, we're scattered all over the place. You know, we don't really have a chance to have those day in, day out uh, examples of, of what they were when we were growing up. So we as grandparents have got to make an effort to reach out to these kids. You know, the kids aren't going to call you. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, they're two, three, four years old. They're not going to pick up the phone and call you. You've got to be involved in their lives. You know, and so what we did um, is, I, I don't know if your kid, grandkids are into it, but every grandkid I know is into it. They love dinosaurs. For some reason, these little kids love dinosaurs. You know, they're two, three, four, five years old. They can tell me the name of every single dinosaur that there is. They can tell me whether they eat meat. You know, whether vegetarians, you know, as far as I'm concerned, dinosaurs are small, medium and large, but they they know exactly what they are. So they have this passion. I found out quickly when they were all here, they just love playing with dinosaurs. So what we did as grandparents, when the kids went back to Texas and in Florida, you know, we decided that we've got to stay in contact with them. So we what we did is we've got six little dinosaurs here in our house. And since the kids were familiar with our house, we decided that every night, we were going to put the dinosaurs someplace else in the house. So, for instance, you know, it started off where they were eating blueberries in the refrigerator. You know, the next night they were with grandma at the sink washing dishes. They had soap on their noses. The next night they were playing the piano. The next night they were walking up the stairs. So every night for 50 different nights, we put the dinosaurs outside our house and inside our house. So what happened is we became part of the routine of these kids that weren't living down the street from us. You know, they would take their bath, their parents would read their book, and then the little kids would say, you know, where are the dinosaurs doing tonight? So they would call my my wife on her iPhone to get Facebook, and they say, where's Gramps? Where's Gramps? What are the dinosaurs doing tonight? So that was our way of staying in touch with these kids to become part of, of, of what they are, because we all need to be role models for these little kids. You know, little kids will imitate their parents and their grandparents. So if you're on your cell phone all the time, if you're on the internet all the time, if you're not paying attention to what's going on around, that's what your kids are going to do. So we have to stand up as being the role models of these kids so that, you know, they can take what they're learning so quickly and we can help make it so that it's real life. I like that. I also like to give my, my audience things to do. So if, as, a, as a grandparent talking to other grandparents, what are some action items you should say that grandparents should do tomorrow to really make a difference in their grandkids and their kids' lives? First thing is pick up the phone. Don't be afraid to reach out to your grandkids. Uh, you need to do that. We need to make sure that we are communicating with them. Because, you know, if, if we as at our age, we can think of great memories that we had with our grandparents if they were still alive as we were growing up. You know, and those are things that stay with you. And so we've got to be the positive image on these uh, for these kids. Now, the great thing about being grandparents is, you know, you can have them for a couple uh, days, then you give them back. Okay, so so we don't have to get involved in the minutia of, of you know all the day and we give them back. Um, but they also the grandkids were, yeah, you know, I, I had a couple of them over here a couple weekends ago, and you know, we did all the great things. Uh, that you want to do as grandparents. But when they took their naps, I had to take a nap because they exactly. were wearing me out too. You know, so, so just make an effort to be involved. 
You know, so many of our generations say, hey, I raised my kids. My kids are a good reflection. They'll raise the kids. No, you know, with, with COVID and so many of us dying every single day, you know, we've got to take advantage of the moment. We have to live for today. We have to impact today because, you know, these kids are only, you're only going to really influence them for 18 years, probably less than that as they become teenagers. But, um, you know, you only have a chance to influence them a little. So just make sure you're involved. Make an effort to do that. That's that's my advice for our grandparents. That's great. So when your final book is done and your life has come to an end, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy is that uh, I, I want to make sure that I am bringing out the good in, in other people. Okay. And when, when I say that is, you know, when, when I wrote my original book, uh, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Be Walmart, uh, Arianna Huffington read it, and she asked me to start contributing to the Huffington Post. So I've, I've written over 100 articles for the Huffington Post. And a lot of those articles have to do with the nonprofit world, uh, with the elderly, the homeless, uh, the uh, you know, education and so forth. And the reason being is because part of the business that I had on, online, about half the customers were nonprofits. So it gave me a chance to really understand you know, because they were coming to us to stretch their dollars so they could help more people. And so it gave me a chance to do that. In fact, you know, the, the, the way the children's book ends is that they give it to a nonprofit organization. So, you know, I, I, I if I have a legacy, I wanted, I want the people reach out uh, to help others. You know, think about this. We talk about, you know, reading books to kids. And, you know, as you're reading books, you want to ask them all kinds of questions because, again, it's necessary to teach children how to think, not what to think. You know, you want to ask them, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the book? You want to ask them what the characters in the book are doing, who is the setup? And we want to ask them, you know, what is you know, anything in this book sound familiar to you? What part of the book did you like the best? But there's one question that I think that if every single one of us asks children and these are questions for parents to ask children and ask them every day this one question that it's going to change this world if we ask our children what did you do today that was nice to someone else think about that what did you do today that was nice to someone else you know you know right now the, the kids are they're, they're fighting over their trucks and their dinosaurs and all that well what if you gave your dinosaur to your cousin you know and so when you first ask your child that, they're going to look at you like you're nuts. I mean, what are you talking about? But if you actually ask them that every single day, you know, by the end of the week, they're going to say, well, you know, I want to, I want to mom and dad to be proud of me. So what did you do nicer with someone else? I'm going to help somebody else. You know, if we ask that every single day, can you imagine, again, I think this is the greatest generation ever that's coming up, these one to 10 year old kids. Can you imagine if they have that in the mindset of how they are when they're adults, how much that will change our country? You know, and so that's what I'm looking to do. That's powerful. So keeping that idea that you get a chance as, a, as, a, as an adult to bless other people with what you do today. So that's, that's a neat thing to have everybody thinking, how can I bless someone else today? That's, uh, that's it in a nutshell. Very good. Yeah. Anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? Well, you know that uh, kids today are just so smart, and we have to make sure that we, we, 
we treat them correctly. I mean, if you think about discipline, how it's evolved from when we were kids to what it is today. Um, and so uh, I, I think that it's great that discipline has evolved from your dad chasing you around the kitchen table with a belt to taking time out today. You know, this is great. This is how we need to continue to move our society um, and move it forward. So if, if we can we can take all these things that we're teaching our kids that we learned, you know, as you get older, you get wiser because you make a lot more mistakes. And as you make more mistakes, you get smarter. So if we can take that information and, and start to embed it in the kids of today, uh, I'm excited about this, this, this country's future. That's good. We we need to be encouraged by it because they are the generation that will take over once we're gone. Yeah. So how can my listeners find you and find your book? You can find uh, both the books on Amazon.com. You can find the children's book on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble and about a hundred other uh, sites on the internet or come to my site, gramsjeffrey.com. And if any of your listeners want to talk about any things further, please have them email me at grantsjeffrey at gmail.com. So uh, that's where you can find the books. I checked out your website. You gave a very nice website. So it was very nice, easy to navigate through and to kind of find out more about you. So it was good. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Gramps, thanks so much for this conversation and blessings on what you do. I pray the next several books you do will have a huge impact on the people that you're trying to reach out to, especially moms and grandkids, and that it just has a positive impact. And people do take that advice of, how can I give away something today that will bless somebody else? Great. Well, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening to Becoming Bridge Builder. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the podcast, please subscribe and share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at bkeithhaney and on Getter and Twitter at RevHeadpin or on his website at alightbreaksthrough.org. Thanks again and tune in next time.